Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey there, welcome to The Tint. I'm your host, Scott Feldman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. Yes, this is like probably the third or fourth time I've been sort of revisiting some fundamentals of the botanical method aquarium lately. But it's it's kind of important because, again, we keep – even though so many more people are aware of this and we see more people every day, I'm getting questions literally every day about some of the basic stuff here because I think we have a lot of new people coming into our world. And I think that's amazing. And – a product of our own success, I guess. So it's something we need to do. Our job primarily is to educate you to make good decisions and to understand what you're getting into. So I'm going to cover some of these things over and over again. Those of you that are more experienced will either appreciate the refresher or you'll get sick of me hearing this and come back to another episode. But let's talk about this for a little bit. So again, uh, apart from what botanical should I use for a, you know, Amazonian style setup, the most common question we receive is, do I leave them in or let them break down in my tank? I know we've had this debate many times over the years and, and you probably know my answer by now is it's your call. And that's what I tell people when they ask. Now, this is an important question. However we answer it, work with it, has fundamental implications for how we operate our botanical method aquariums. It's as much about your aesthetic preference as it is to the long-term health of the aquarium. It's a decision that each of us makes based on our tastes, our management style, and how much of a mental shift we've made into accepting the transient nature of a botanical method aquarium and its function. There really is no right or wrong answer here. It's all about how much you enjoy what happens in nature versus what you can control in your tank. That's an important distinction. I tend to favor nature, but that's just me. I like the idea of leaving materials in my aquarium until they completely break down. Long, long, long ago, I made that mental shift to a philosophy which says, hey, it's okay to have some decomposing stuff and biofilms and detritus in your tank. It's not only natural looking, but it does some natural functions. Now, the caveat here is that I don't just give myself permission to neglect tanks and to avoid basic husbandry. No, that wasn't the point. The point is to accept that materials breaking down in our aquariums can provide fuel for the biological processes which create long-term stability in our closed ecosystems. Excuse me. Like any other type of aquarium, a botanical method aquarium relies on the time-honored practices of maintenance, nutrient export, and attention from the aquarist. However, one thing that we have a lot of types of systems uh, that don't is an abundance of potential food sources from for a myriad of organisms which reside in our tank. We're very much creating a little microcosm, a little ecology, and it needs to respect the checks and balances which nature imposes upon it. And of course, we can't ever lose sight of the fact that we're creating and adding to a closed aquatic ecosystem and that our actions and how we manage our tanks must map to our ambitions, our tastes, and the regulations that nature imposes upon us. She'll kick your ass if you don't pay attention. That's a fact. Personally, I don't mind the look of a tank with decomposing leaves and botanicals. While some might see dirty, I see natural. I see the ultimate expression of ephemeral. Like most aquarists, 
how we play the botanical method aquarium game is up to us. I do understand that aquariums have some limitations to how hard you can push them. Everything that you add to your aquarium that begins to break down is bio load. That is a fundamental consideration that we have to put in our heads. It's not good or bad, it's simply consideration. Everything that imparts proteins, organics, tannins, etc. into the water is something you need to consider. However, it's always been my personal experience and opinion that in an otherwise well-managed aquarium with regular attention to husbandry, stocking, and maintenance, the burden, and I said that in air quotes, of botanicals in your, water's, uh, in your water is surprisingly insignificant. And these systems, they're remarkably stable once they're established. Even in test systems, where I intentionally neglected them by conducting sporadic water exchanges, once I hit my preferred population of botanicals by building them up gradually, I've never noticed a significant increase in phosphate or nitrate that could be attributed to their presence. These biological yardsticks for water quality are pretty significant in my humble opinion. It's also important to consider that the breakdown of botanical materials, if left in your system, can be utilized by animals and even plants. Yep, this is particularly important in the context of a planted botanical method aquarium, isn't it? Allowing plants, fishes, shrimp, and bacteria the chance to utilize the decomposing botanicals in their life cycle is an important part of the game, in my opinion. Being overly fastidious about siphoning out every speck of dirt or botanical material as it breaks down is overkill, in my opinion, and it can be just as detrimental as overdoing things. Nature strikes a balance. Nature thrives on efficiency. When you're adding botanicals to a tank, you're not just doing aquascaping. You're laying down the groundwork for the biological operating system of your aquarium. As such, you need to think big picture here. You know, that functional aesthetics thing, I guess. And while we're talking about adding botanicals, from time to time, I need to revisit the doomsday scenarios that could occur. Now, it's important to note that there very few disasters we've been told about typically happened under a few situations or a combination of them. Number one, the aquarist did not prepare anything as instructed. Number two, a significant amount of botanicals relative to the water volume was added all at once to an established aquarium. Number three, a significant amount of botanicals was added to an established tank in a very short period of time, like within a few days or even hours in some cases. Now again, there are always anomalies, but these situations are almost setups for some type of issues. Typically what happens is you see fishes gasping at the surface for oxygen, which becomes rapidly depleted by the addition of a large influx of materials breaking down, which can also overwhelm the biological filtration capacity of the tank. Usually the rescue consists of increased vigorous aeration and a succession of water changes, removing the botanicals, use of activated carbon, etc., etc., etc. The typical emergency flexes for problems of this nature. The best preventative is to go slowly. You're in charge here to consider the impacts of what you do. The reality, though, is that adding botanicals to your aquarium and using them, replacing them regularly is no more dangerous than anything else we do as aquarists. You simply need to go slowly, apply common sense, follow a lot of the instructions or best practices that our community has developed over the years, and just observe your tank carefully. Is that a guarantee of success? Of course not. Could you have some weird combination of events, local water composition, overly sensitive fishes, whatever it can give you a disastrous outcome? Absolutely. Look, stuff can still occasionally go wrong, even when you follow instructions and completely employ common sense. Aquariums are closed natural ecosystems and changing the delicate balance within them always risks disrupting established biological processes. Just like using additives, CO2, or other regimens in our tanks when we invade the 
actual processes, stuff that we don't anticipate can happen. It's the reality of nature. And a reminder that although we can control some things, Mother Nature calls the shots. We're treading on her turf, and we have to understand that there are no guarantees for success just because. She owes us nothing. It's not a bad thing, it's just reality. Now, all that doom and gloom and reality checking being said, nature provides us with something for free. You're like, what? Consider detritus. Oh yeah, here he goes again talking about detritus. Yes, produced by the processed and decomposed plant matter, detritus is considered by many aquatic ecologists to be an extremely significant food source for many fishes, especially in areas like Amazonia, Southeast Asia, and Africa, where the detritus is considered an essential factor in the food webs of these habitats. And of course, if you observe the behavior of many of your fishes in the aquarium, like kerosens, cyprinids, lagercarids, and others, you're going to see that in between feedings, they spend an awful lot of time picking at stuff on the bottom of the tank. In a botanical method aquarium, this is a pretty common occurrence, and I believe an important benefit of this type of system. I have always been, and will continue to be, of the opinion that a botanical method aquarium, complete with its complement of decomposing leads and seed pods, can serve as a sort of buffet for many fishes, even those whose primary food sources are known to be things like insects and worms and stuff. Fishes change their diet in response to what's available to them. Detritus and the organisms within it can provide an excellent supplemental food source for our fishes. And if you look at gut content analysis of many fishes, if you go on Fishbase or other scholarly research sites, when you look at gut content analysis of various fishes, you'll find that detritus makes up a significant portion of almost all of them. The dynamic of input and utilization of materials from the surrounding forest habitats of our aquatic ecosystems in the wild is fascinating and it's very profound for those of us who wish to mimic these habitats in our systems. And we can, to a certain extent, by utilizing botanicals as part of our aquarium's operating system. Nature offers us abundance, challenges, guidelines, and hard and fast rules. How we choose to work with them is our choice, our decision, and yeah, our privilege. Stay curious, stay inspired, stay bold, stay diligent, stay undaunted, and always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Fellman. Thanks for spending part of your day with me. I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tint.